Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Better dig deep, put them in the ground. But on their hands, they're hell bound. This episode of the Steadfast and Loyal podcast brought to us by our friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. And I just got a chance to meet those folks. They had a big concealed carry event down here in Fort Worth, Texas. The United States Concealed Carry Association literally helps to save lives. And let me explain. The USCCA is a membership association that provides self-defense education, training, and peace of mind to over 500,000 responsibly armed Americans nationwide. Click learn more below right now if you're ready to start your journey as one of them. When you activate your membership, you'll get access to expert self-defense education, life-saving training, and self-defense liability insurance. These resources are literally life-saving, and the USCCA has first-person testimonies proving it. With your membership, you'll get access to hundreds of hours of training, videos, articles, checklists, guides, and more. You'll be able to get instant up-to-date information about everything from gun laws to ammunition types to home self-defense drills. And best of all, it's 100% risk-free with the United States Concealed Carry Association's money-back bulletproof guarantee. That means that if you decide the USCCA isn't for you, simply call to request a prompt and courteous refund. So what are you waiting for? Click learn more below right now. I just want to share some really quick thoughts, perspectives, and insights on this midterm election cycle. You know, a week ago, everybody was, you know, this is a a layup. This is a red wave, red tsunami, and all of these things. But what you always have to understand, as we did in the United States military, no plan survives first contact. What do we mean by that? You can sit down and draw all the plans that you have in the world, but when you get into that battle, It is all about how you improvise, you adapt, and you overcome. And so all of the pollsters and people were saying that all of these issues, the economy, the inflation, and all of these things are important issues to people. But when they went into the ballot box, they voted something different. And there were different groups that came out, 68% unmarried women. To them, the important issue was being able to murder unborn babies in the womb by dismemberment. The inflation thing, I guess, wasn't important to them. Or the millennials, uh, not the millennials, but the Gen Zs who came out, the less than 30-year-olds who came out, because all of a sudden someone said that we'll relieve your student debt. Even though this whole thing about relieving student debt is unconstitutional because Joe Biden does not hold the purse strings, that is done by the House of Representatives. Even Nancy Pelosi admitted that. As a matter of fact, this whole thing about relieving student loan debt is tied up in the courts. But those young people 
heard what the other side wanted them to hear. And then, of course, there was the whole match about, you know, the, the Republicans are a threat to democracy, and if you vote for Republicans, it's going to end democracy and everything. We don't hear anybody saying that. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden came out and said, well, now the democracy has proven to work. As long as you vote for us, it's a democracy. If you don't vote for us, it's not a democracy. So really, it wasn't a threat to democracy. It was a threat to Joe Biden and his plans. But what the real threat to democracy, wouldn't that be censorship? Well, we find out now that Twitter, Google, and all these people are colluding with the Biden administration to suppress conservative candidate websites or emails and things of this nature. Well, that did not happen to Democrat candidates. You know, Chuck Schumer has the, the Senate now. Very narrow margin again. But they're the people that want to end the filibuster. They just want to have that simple majority. That's not a threat to democracy. Ending the Electoral College, this national popular vote interstate compact, isn't that a threat to democracy? No. That's okay because it advances their agenda. Or what about stacking the Supreme Court? Because if we can't get our agenda through legislatively, then we turn over to the courts. But if you block us in the courts because now we have a constitutional-based court, then we should just add more of our kind of judges so that we still get our way. But those things are a threat to democracy. Just voting for Republicans is a threat to democracy. And so there were people out there that believed it. These extremists, these crazy, these mega-mega Republicans. I'll give it to them. The progressive socialist left, they know how to define you. They know how to demonize you. They know how to denigrate you. It goes back to Saul Alinsky, one of his rules for radicals. Pick a target, isolate it, freeze it, destroy it. And that's what they did. And see, on the Republican side, you had Mitch McConnell in the Senate. We don't need no stinking plan. They didn't have any type of agenda. Because Mitch McConnell said early on he didn't want to be held accountable to it. They just want to continue to just give us the majority. The other guys are bad. We're not going to tell you what we're going to do or even if we're going to do anything. So what were they running on in the Senate? Other than the fact that McConnell wanted to support it, the people that would make sure he stayed as leader. That's why he wasted, if I'm correct, $9 million dollars for a Senate race in Alaska, who now have this rank-ordered electoral system that I can't explain. Be on the lookout for rank-ordered electing or election systems or process to be pushed down to the lower 48, because that's what they want to do. There's always these test cases somewhere out there. And the fact that we had Lisa Murkowski and Mitch McConnell jump on with that, that should cause some concern. And then over in the House, you know, they came out with this thing called the Commitment to America. Kind of, you know, reminds you of the contract with America with Newt Gingrich. Except the Commitment to America was 150 pages long. Who is going to read 150 pages in order to understand what a Republican House of Representatives is going to do? See, that's why I carry these little things right here. Three-by-five card, three-by-five cards. If you can fit it on a three-by-five card, then the American people can understand it. Not 153 by 5 cards, just one three-by-five cards. And see, let me give you a case in point. This first three-by-five card, 
it's just point by point the difference between constitutional conservatism and progressive socialism. Individual versus collective, economic empowerment versus economic enslavement, equality of opportunity as opposed to equality of outcomes, national sovereignty, open borders, constitutional rights, ideological rights, victors or victims. That's it. Now, everything we could have broken down and talked about it if we just had a simple three-by-five card that we put in the hands of Americans. Talk about your economic security. Talk about your energy security. Talk about your national security. Talk about your border security. Talk about your local security. Talk about education freedom. Simple, to the point. Not a 150-page document that no one's going to read. And then on top of that, you got Lindsey Graham running around out there talking about a you know, national ban on abortion. After we've gone through this entire thing where we're saying that this is a state's issue because the federal government does not have an enumerated authority to be dealing with this. And so Roe v. Wade, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg once said, Roe v. Wade was something that should not have been adjudicated at the federal government level. Now you get Lindsey Graham out there running around talking about, we're going to legislate it at the federal government level. The lack of clear messaging really did affect the Republicans. Now, there were some successes out there. Look at what Lee Zeldin was able to do. Almost pulled it out in New York. Why? Because he had message discipline. And in the end, he ended up having four congressional races flip in New York to include the guy that was the head of the Democratic Congressional Committee. So there were some successes out there. You look at what happened in Florida. Ron DeSantis flipping Palm Beach County and Miami-Dade County. But nationally... It just wasn't there. The strategic resourcing wasn't there. But I got to tell you, the thing that the Democrats were very successful doing was demonizing Republicans, and they never had a response to it. They say you're a threat to democracy. Let's talk about the things you want to do that are real threats to democracy. You, you, you want to talk about extremism? Murdering an unborn baby all the way up to the point of birth and then even afterwards wanting to allow a child to die. That's on the ballot. That's what they're going to do in Maryland and California. That's extreme. Telling kids that if you don't want to be a little boy, you can be a little girl. If, you know, if you're a little girl and you want to be a little boy, you can do that. And just let us know and we won't tell your parents. That's extreme. Republicans didn't have a counter. And so what you have to come to understand is you've got to be able to match these people that aren't going to talk about the issues. They're going to try to define you. You have to define them first and foremost on this ideological battlefield. And the other thing you have to do is we've got to realize, like in Arizona, in Maricopa County, 65 to 30%, all these mail-in ballots and all this stuff – this goes back to what Eric Holder wrote about in Time Magazine in April of 2020. This is exactly their plan, how coronavirus should permanently change elections in the United States of America, mail-in ballots. And you can sit around and say it's not fair. you got to figure it out. Then you got to fix it. So why is it that you have a governor, a Republican governor, in the state of Arizona, 
that allowed this to, to, to permeate, to happen. And so that's where you saw this in Republican state legislatures, House and Senate, and where there were Republican governors to get things back on track. Florida was a laughing stock when it came to elections. Look at Florida now. We know exactly who won in Florida before people went to bed. Why in the state of Arizona it took a week? And, of course, the longer you draw this out, it's more opportunity for nefarious things to happen. So we got to get smarter in being able to win ballots. Not just votes, win ballots. And we can't sit around and listen to the pollsters and the pundits and whatever. you got to play the game like it's fourth quarter and you're down by two touchdowns. Because it's not over until there's zeros on the scoreboard. And you can't rely on them to, to predict what's going to happen because human nature is the most unpredictable thing on earth. And that's what really happened this midterm election. Now, what's going to happen going forward? Well, the Democrats are going to say every election we're just going to demonize them some more because they believe that that's what works. That's Pavlovian because there was never, ever a response. And it just went to show that the Democrats are never going to talk about the issues. The progressive socialists are never going to talk about the issues. They can't win on the issues. What they do, they win by talking about you. And this is why I'm going to say this. And I know I'll get a lot of hate mail, whatever, but that's okay. This is why I don't think President Trump, the reason why President Trump can't win in 2024, because he becomes the issue. The issues are not the issue. In 2020, the Joe Biden didn't talk about the issues. He hid out in the basement. And what did they do? They just demonized, denigrated, and pummeled President Trump. And it's very hard for the left to be able to do that with anyone else. They've already defined Donald Trump and the drama that comes along with it. And I don't know if former President Trump can overcome that as you go forward. You've got to get someone that's new that can make the other side stick to the issues and not allow them to define who they are. They can still be tough, but they can fight smarter in being tough. And they've already proven themselves in being able to stand up for constitutional conservative principles and values and an America first agenda. Everyone talks about America first agenda, getting us back on track with our economy getting us back on track with energy independence, getting us back on track with our capable and a uh, military that can go out and be a credible deterrent, getting our border back secure, getting crime under control on the streets, making sure we restore educational and religious freedom. We can do that, but you got to get rid of all the ankle biters. You got to get rid of all the little gremlins, and that's the key going forward. Joe Biden has already said nothing's going to change because in his beady little brain, people like high inflation and his economic policies. People like that we're not energy independent and being forced to go to electric vehicles. He thinks that. So things are going to not get so much better. They're going to get worse. Even though the, the inflation is, is going down, it's because there are some things that are pushing us toward going into a recession. We're slowing down our economy because we're raising all these interest rates 
at the federal government level to combat what he is doing and the failures from the administration. So we're still going to have economic turmoil. Just ask anybody that's in the real estate business what's going on. So we have got to be ready to talk about the issues that are out there. They're not going to do anything on the border. So in two years, we've had 5 million people come across the border. So by 2024, if we continue on this path, we're talking about 10 million. And 2 million gotaways. And 228 known terrorists that we caught through on the terrorist watch list. No telling how many are already here that aren't on that watch list. So we need to be able to define them. We need to be able to dominate the narrative, and we need to have a legislative agenda that can fit on a three-by-five card that the American people can understand and every doggone Republican out there can stick to. Because right now, you can't win if you don't have a solid message Everyone on the same sheet of music, and you know how to defeat the other guy's plan. Steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.